When we started off learning the Heligavet of the Heligar Ramban, we spoke about Avram Avinu being told by the Rabbeinu Shaloylam, Lech Lecho Me'artzecho, to go to a new place, Kan Iyata Zoyche Lebroche, in the place where you are, this is not the place where it's destined for you to have bracha for blessing. There's a new place, which right now, even though it seems so far away and where I am seems comfortable, but there's a place where you can achieve blessing. We've spoken about the different madregas, the progression of the Ramban from overcoming Kas and then Anivis and then Yira and Ben Adam Lechaveroi. But now that we're going, where is the place that we're meant to be? Where is this space that the Ramban... Where do we arrive at the end of the journey? And the Ramban tells us, In all your words and deeds and thoughts, at all times, as if you are standing before Hashem, and his shechina is upon you, because the covet of Hashem fills the entire world. And this is actually the first halach in Shulchan Aruch, the Ramad tells us in Sif Aleph, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Somid, one should always have Hashem before him. When a person thinks how the Melech Malchi Amlochim is watching him, and he sees his actions, as it says in the Pasuke, he will immediately fall upon him, the fear of heaven. He will start to feel shame, a sense of busha, tomid. This is brought the Lashon of the Ramah Memoir in Evuchim. And later on, again in Simon Beis, the Shulchan Aruch tells us, talks about Hilchus Levishas Habagodim, Alachas of Sneers. Al Yoimar Hinani Bechadre Chadorim. A person shouldn't say, I'm within a room, inside a room, and nobody can see me. Mirai Eini, who sees me, Ki HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is Meloi Chol HaOretz Kivoidoi. Here in one sentence is the essence of being a Yerei Shomayim. The awareness of Meloi Chol HaOretz Kivoidoi. When one internalizes this concept, this realization, and he feels it, he's, 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 he's gone to a different planet. He's reached a different mokoim, a different space in his life, a place of a brocha. We have to realize we measure things according to our Olam Hazadik Ahasagis, our conception of the Hashivas of certain things. There's Olam Hazen, Olam Habo. In the world of Ruchnius, things are measured with completely different yardsticks. There was once a Yid who came into the Shiva call in Flapash, and a fellow comes in, an older man, and he tells a story that when he was a Bacha living in Varsha, once the Chofetz Chaim came to visit in Varsha, and he, was, he had no Koyach, was, uh, it was in the older years, and they asked the Olam not to come. And it came out, they told the people so sharply not to come that there was no minion. The Chofetz Chaim Shabbos didn't have a minion. This Bach said he was walking down the road and they called him and said, will you come be master a minion for the Chofetz Chaim? So he went into the house and he says, and the Chofetz Chaim was in the kitchen and he, had, he couldn't even walk into the dining room where they had the minion. So they asked me, I was a young, strong Bach, they asked, will you help carry the Chofetz Chaim in? And he showed the other and says, these two hands, I carried the Chofetz Chaim. 
and he lifted him up. He says, Lechabetz Chaim was whispering, he was muttering under his breath. He listened, I leaned over and I heard what he said and he was saying, this world is like a printing press. The printing press, in those days, today we have computer printing. In those days, every letter had to be typeset. Every letter was etched into a into an iron typesetter and, and it, was, it was backward and then you would set it all up on the page it says you put everything in backward and you turn it over, it all comes right side up it goes in the right direction it says in this world, everything we look at things with a false perception in Olam Habo, things look completely different for example, what's the value of $10 on this world? Well, $10 is $10 in Shemaim, a poor man who can't afford it and he gives $10 to Tzedakah so in Shemaim, that $10 is worth a million dollars person is a multi-millionaire and he gives a check of $500 to Tzedakah, which might be considered very nice by somebody else, but for his standard it's nothing. So if the NFL, it's worth a dollar. It's not worth much. A person who could be a brilliant Balkishrin and Torah comes to him easily and he has massed uh, knowledge, he knows Shas and Poiskin, but he didn't utilize his Koiches, he comes to Shemaim, he's an Amoritz. And then somebody else who's got a limited background and he works very hard. He doesn't have so much capability um, and things go slow of him and he works very, very hard and he's, he's, he's trying his best and he perseveres to be kind every little bit of Torah. He comes to Shemaim and he's a God Lador. Things are measured differently. Now, one of the basic premises of our existence in Olam Hazeh is the concept of public versus private. We know every person has his public persona, who he is when people see him. Then he goes into his house and he closes the doors and he enters a world of privacy. Now in private he assumes a certain casual, relaxed attitude, a certain sense of consciousness that he's not, uh, he's not so tense. But some people when they close the door they deteriorate. And when they're unrestrained by public scrutiny, what happens is they can become downright reprehensible. And if this inconsistency is ever exposed, that results in embarrassment, that's shame, that's busha. When someone is shown up to be a different person in private than he is in public. But in Olam Habo, in the world of Hashem, in the world of Ruchnius, there is no such concept of public and private at all. Nothing is hidden from the Rabbinish. The Rabbinish is all knowing, all seeing, all remembering. And so with the same conviction that tells us how we have to know, and we all realize and understand that, for example, materialism is a dead end, and that the only thing that has value is spirituality. The same type of conviction, the same type of belief has to guide us, to tell us, remind us again and again that the concept of privacy doesn't mean anything before Hashem. As far as Hashem is concerned, we all live in glass houses. Moreover, not only is there no difference between public and private, but it's the opposite. In this world, the focus is on the public perception of a person. In Shomayim, the Iker, the main point is what the person is in private. And that's the idea of Tzadik Yesoid Oilom, the Tzadik being the foundation of the world. The Midah of Yesoid, Yesoid Tzadik B'Shiv Nelam. You look at a beautiful building and you see what's on top, but what's holding up the whole building is the foundation. That's Nelam, that's hidden, that's in the ground. That's the part that you can't see. The part that you cannot see is what's holding up the entire binyan. By the Rebbeinu Shaloylam, what's important is how a person is when you don't see him. People look at themselves, they start measuring themselves with Olam Hazadik HaSogis. 
My midas, what are you talking about? Ask anybody. Tell me what a wonderful person I am. How nice I am to everybody. But that's only in the sphere of his public persona. When he goes into his house and he throws his midas out the window and he becomes demanding and he's full of kas and chemo and gaiva and all types of midas, royce, that's who he is. That's the true test of his Yerushalayim. And the going writes, the Iker din lomalo is how a person is amongst those he's not ashamed of, between his family, between those who's close to him, how he acts at home when he can throw aside the frightening, the, 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 the fear of Busha, the fear of what people are going to say to him. What does he act like there? That's who he really is. We can almost say that a person's Yeroshamayim, his Madrei Ruchni, is defined by what he is and who he is when people don't see him, when he's in private, when he's on a trip. When he's away, when he's on vacation. Now, what is the most powerful tool we have against the Eight Sahara? You know, the Eight Sahara is very, very strong. The strongest tool against the Eight Sahara is not Torah, is not Musa. The most powerful weapon we have is Busha. A person could be in his Toikif Hataiva. He could want an Avera so badly that it's beyond, we can't even deal with it anymore. He says, Rabbi that I've given up. I've completely succumbed to the Yitzhahara. I have to commit this sin. And he's absolutely captured by the Yitzhahara. There's nothing he could do to stop. If suddenly he's aware that somebody sees him, he'll be in control. Because Busha is more powerful even than the Malach, the Satan of the Yitzhahara. And the Chayba Salavabas tells us in Shara Knir, I'm sorry. If a person would just look at Midas Habusha, how important it is, and what great help HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us by infusing us with this Midas. Without Busha, we would never take in a guest. We would never keep a promise. We wouldn't answer a request. We wouldn't do Chesed. We wouldn't restrain ourselves from even one Avera. If not for shame, most people wouldn't even respect their parents, and certainly other people. They wouldn't return loans, they wouldn't return pigdoines, they would not hold themselves back from sin. Averis happen when a person is meiser meolov es masve habusha. So we have here a power. A power against the Eight Sahara, the power, the sense, HaKadosh Baruch, who gave us a sense of feeling that we are ashamed. Nobody sins in public. People don't do Averis Bifahesia. We should remember, virtually all Averis, almost universally all Averis are done in private. The private domain is the lion's den. If we always lived in public, we'd all be tzaddikim gemurim. We'd all be tzaddikim gemurim. So what's the eighth? The Chayvah Salavavah tells us, the Rabbeinu Shalom, although he gave us a teva, he gave us a nature that we are ashamed, yet, he did not give us a teva lehizbayish miboyroi hamistakal olof tamid. It's not part of our natural makeup to be ashamed in front of Hashem who's watching us all the time because if we would have that nature it wouldn't be we would never do anything wrong it wouldn't even be worthy of getting Ganeidin so HaKadosh Baruch who only gave us that sense of Busha when we're before people not when we're standing before Him 
What is the essence of Avedas Hashem? Mechuyovim ognula hagia lemidas habusha mehabayra yidei isboy nenizbarei memusay. We have to somehow, in that sphere of those from whom we feel shame, we have to bring the Rebbeinu Shalom into that circle too, even though we don't have that natural sense of Busha. By thinking and by contemplating the greatness of Hashem, and we will realize that the Rebbeinu Shalom is mistakel al ma'aseinu ha'gluyim v'hanistorim, that he sees everything we do, the hidden ma'asim and the open ma'asim, then we can come to the madreg of Boishu v'yikol mimidarcheichem beis Yisrael. All of Avodas Hashem of Yerushalayim is bringing in this sense, the feeling that when only Hashem sees us, we feel the same sense of bush as Chazal say, Halavai, a person should be ashamed of the Rabbanu Shalolam, like we is from a boss of a dumb. Now, one would think. Sounds like a very oppressive type of life. That's like a dictatorship. There's nowhere I can hide. Wherever I go, I'm seen. There's no time when I can, when, when I, I can do what I like to do. This is the answer of A.A. Broche. If we're not in that mokoim, we can't appreciate what it means, the simcha, the joy, the rapture of being in the presence of the Rabbeinu Shalayim. It's like a person who's very jealous. A person has kin or somebody else has a lot of money, and he's just, he can't, he can't bear it. He has to have, he has to. If somebody said, look, instead of making yourself so miserable, if you just work on your kinna, you'd feel great. It wouldn't make a difference to you how much the other person has. He says, no, no, but he can't, doesn't even want to work on his kinna. <laughs> being in the matzav of kinna, all he can think of is that the only way he'll ever have peace is either if he has what the other guy has, or if somebody will take away from the other guy what he has, then he'll be at peace. He can't even fathom, he can't imagine a simcha, a life where there's no kinna. And so until we're living our lives of Meloi Chaloretz Kivoy, it's very difficult to understand the simcha that such a life can bring. The simcha of being close to the Rabbeinu Shalom, of living in the light rather than living in the darkness, of being basking in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. We all know Yidna, Amalek Picture sometimes of an Amologid, the man, you could take him and you put him on an island and you come back 20 years late and he hasn't changed one iota from his Yiddishkeit. You know, that was the tzura. It was often a tzura of a yid, of an Erlachid, Shamayim. Today, we live in a society, very, um, it's called the age of advertising. We live in a society where all of the focus is on the outside and that manifests itself in our Avodah Hashem with a certain lack of seriousness we can learn, we can daven, we can give tzedakah, but to really touch me inside is very difficult. We've been trained to be very zealous about our right to privacy. It's one of the most fundamental rights in a democracy that it's a cherished right to do what I want. Telling a person that you cannot do what you really want today is almost like killing him. It's like telling you want to sever one of his limbs. You cannot do what you really want. He dreams all day about when he'll be powerful enough to do what he really wants. That's our goal. When will I do what I want? And so sometimes you can find you can move somebody. You can move somebody to learning, to davening, to avoid Hashem. You know how? Only by making him want it. That way he's prepared to serve the Rabbi Nishalaylam. But to explain to him there's such a musay of batal ritzayn chabifnei ritzaynoi, something that he doesn't want to do, 
And to understand that when he accomplishes that act that will bring him satisfaction, the Simcha Pekudi Hashem Yisharim Esam sometimes you just close the curtain because a person doesn't want to have a real oil. In his own castle, he wants to do as he pleases. So instead of a deep Yiddishkeit, we have a superficial form of dress Yiddishkeit. That's not being phony. That just the idea of living Yiddishkeit on my own terms... Often, we're ready to do what we have to do, but it has to be on my terms. We don't understand what it means that we have to live Yiddishkeit on the Rebbeinu Shaloylam's terms. What does the Melech want, and then I do as such? Not how can my life fit into that plan so I can have everything I want. I'll give you an example. It's an extreme story that's really below the Nekudas HaBechira of most of us. But it brings out the idea... Chashem Talmud Chacham lives in a city in Europe. And one of his mispaulim, very, very wealthy man, and he had a child, and there was a bris, a Shabbos bris. And he invited to have the Shabbos bris, he invited them, everybody out to a hotel for Shabbos. And the Rav was also invited. And when he came, he was asking, and he found out that the child was a Yitzhadoyfen, was born by a Sicilian section. And a Yitzhadoyfen is not Doyche Shabbos. The bris of Yitzhadoyfen is not Doyche Shabbos. So here everybody is here all gathered together. They all came out for a wonderful weekend and for a bris. And he goes and he tells the Baal Simcha, you know, you just can't make the bris. The bris is not the Shabbos. And the man went, live it. What do you mean? I have everybody here. Nothing to do. You have to, Rabbi, you got to find a way for me. I should be able to make the bris. And he's arguing with him and tell you, I can't. What are you talking about? Everything is all set up. We have to have the bris. And there was nothing he could tell him to move. To better use ostensibly a Shemitairu mitzvah. So finally, he told him, this Rav has no children. And he told him, he said, look, what I would give to have a child. And the Rebbein Shalom was good enough to give you a child, so you want to begin his life with breaking the Rebbein Shalom's halachas and going to Negedina. And that's how he was able to convince him. Now that's an extreme example. But how much of it applies to us? It applies to us in Inyanam of Chinuch. People, when they decide, when they decide the Chinuch of their children, the first thing they decide is what do I want? What do I want? How do I want my child to look? What type of Moisad HaChinuch will give me what I want, and then from there, discussion begins. What can I do to make things better? How do I get him to be better in his studies? Or how do I get a better relationship with his rabbi? All sides of, types of questions. But the question of what I want him, where he should be, that's not up for discussion. What do you mean? What he wants me is the way I want. Who says what I want is the same what the Rebbein Shalom wants? Maybe the Rebbein Shalom wants something else. But we tend to decide first what we want, and this applies to Nyanim, for people who mean very well, but they have certain ideas on how a simcha is supposed to look. You can't even begin to, you can't, you can't broach the subject, Bukhlal. You can't even begin to discuss. This is, this, this is where I begin. Anything after that point is up for discussion. The same thing, thing applies to Nyanim Tzniyas. Many people are very resistant to being told that they have to have improvements in Nyanim of Tzniyas. This is fine. Tell me about other things, but don't cross over my boundaries. This is not new, there's not a new phenomenon. In the Paiskim, there's a Muslim. This is very important for us to understand because there's really a defining level in how to categorize ourselves and our level in Avodah Hashem. There are halachas that are brought in Shulchan Aruch that where the psak is, you mustn't tell people about these halachas because mutiv sheyiu shoygigin ba'al yu mezidin. Sometimes people, if they don't know about it, they'll be over on the Avera B'Shoigig by accident, not knowing, rather than being over B'Mezid. And the Paiskim decided that if the Hamoin were told to do a certain way, they wouldn't listen. 
Now, what does it mean, Mutav Does that apply to everybody? You mean anybody who's told about this halacha or this chum or this sahiris won't listen? Of course not. There are many people who would listen. There are many people who would want to know. Other but tell me. Some are delighted to be told. There's something the Rabbi Shalom wants from me. Other but tell me. I'm ready to do it. So there are some who are delighted to be told. There are some who mustn't be told because they won't listen. And a person has to ask himself, where am I? What type of person am I? Am I the type of person who cannot be told? I'm from the Mutav Shiyushoyigin, and I mustn't be told about you, Mazidin, or I'm the person who's interested. Adarabah, how could I make myself better? Sometimes a person goes into a new job, and he just wants to be able to do what he wants to do, and his boss is unhappy with him. He's doing this wrong and that wrong, and sometimes the boss tells him, so he starts giving all sorts of excuses. The other one still say, no, Adarabah, I want to do it right. Tell me what I should do. And he explains, I want it done this way and that way. He's interested to know, how could I be better? Where am I? In what space am I? Where do I live? That's the mockim of a Yebrocha. That's the tzura of an Erlich Yid, of a Yid, who's Makusha to Torah, Makusha to the Rabbeinu Shalolam. Other he lives with the idea that HaKadosh Baruch was looking at him all the time. He's living with the idea of Bechol Dvarecho, Masecho, Mashchivayser, Bechol Eis. I'm standing before Bari Yolam. There's no two worlds. There's no my world that belongs to me. And the Rabbi Yishlam can't tread on that space. Keep out. This is behind closed doors. This is, this, is up. This, is, this is as far as I'm prepared to listen to you. And then we'll talk and then we'll deal on the one who says, Let's make a difference. I want to be close to the Rabbi Yishlam. And this, the more I think about being close to the Rabbi Yishlam, the more I will find Simchen doing his Ratzon. And the difference between the two types of life is immense. First of all, there's a very big practical difference. The Mishnah tells us, A person should look at three things and he won't come to Avera. He should remember there's an eye in Roya, an eye in Shamas, there's an eye that sees, an ear that hears, and all our deeds are written down and there are records being kept of them. If you think of these three things, one said, what does it mean, what does it mean, the hands of Avera? He gave a marshal, a person is being led away by the police. He's being taken to prison. His friends are all around. They say, there's only one policeman guarding you. Come run away, we'll help you, we'll block him, and you can escape. He says, my dear friends, I'd love to, but look, I'm chained, I'm handcuffed, I can't run away. Sometimes there are people who do Averas. A person could do an Avera, but he's not in the hands of Avera. For each time he's, he, he's, he was over the Ratz and Hashem, there were ten times that he was Kaibish as Sometimes a person can be in the matzav of Lidei Avera, that he's shackled to Chet, that he's chained, that he can't get out from a certain system, from a certain mode of conduct, from a certain middah, from a certain thing that became natural to him. And that depends on how much a person is mekayim the istakel b'shloisha. The one who internalizes into himself that meloy chalarts kavoid is this eight ayin royoyz and shemas. Of course he'll fall. He'll also have averus. Ain't sadik b'atzish yasatay v'loyechta. But liday averus he'll never come. The type of person who's entrenched in chet, a person who lives with this realization, will never go there. And this, the difference with the two lives between light and darkness. Because, of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Ur. So the closer one is to Hashem, he's close to light. That's freedom. 
Who lives in the darkness? A thief lives, thieves live in the darkness. They do their work when nobody sees. If a person distances himself, says, sure, you can do, he's not, he's not bound by the law, he does what he likes, but his life is a life of darkness. Why don't, why aren't we ashamed of Hashem? Why don't we feel that sense of busha that we feel in front of people? The answer is because we know nothing about Hashem. So we get used to it. Even a person who stood before you, Hashem is a melech. So if a person stands before a melech, of course he's very frightened. But somebody who works in the palace eventually loses, it wears off. He doesn't have that powerful, the sharp sense of busha that somebody who sees the melech only can. Listen, we're always in front of our father. Every he believes the Abish has an eye in Raya. Of course we know that. Nobody doubts it for a second. But what could I do? Look, the Abish knows enough about me, he'll know even more. That's the attitude that we have. But that's only because we don't try to become closer to Hashem. The difference between Hashem and another king is that the closer you, the longer you hang around the king, the less impressed you become by him. But the Rabbi Shalom is ain't soif. If a person, the more a person learns about the Rabbi Shalom, the closer he gets, the Rabbi just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more fearful and more of a reason to be ashamed, a greater sense of busha. A person learns more Torah, he has a greater sense of what the Rabbi Shalom's God is. He's in he learns more Moser, he takes into himself more Kedusha, more Shabbos, more Yontem, more Mitzvahs, more Maizim, Torah. The Rabbi Shalom power over him, the, 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 the revelation of Hashem's glory becomes so great that other Rabbi, that brings into him that sense of busha and once, once has the sense of Bush of then he had to But if we go the other way and we don't attempt to know the Rabbi Shalom, then it not only it wears off, but we go down and down because Rabbi Yisai, we all know we live in a society, a society that's based on the tsonus, on cynicism, a society that's based on the vola, on shmutz Rahman Lutzlan. And if we don't live with the sense of Meloi Chaloretz Kivoidoi, Chas V'Shalom will go the other way. Because that's the nature. The nature, the teva of man is that we get used to things. The Dark David lived in Yerushalayim, and for years he never left his house on Shabbos. Somebody asked him why he doesn't go out on Shabbos. So he said, the first Shabbos he was in Yerushalayim, and he came out of his house, he saw somebody being Mechal Shabbos in the streets of Yerushalayim, he fainted. The next week I went out, I didn't faint. I realized I'd been weakened. So I didn't step out ever again on my, of my house on Shabbos in order not that I should never be weakened, the sense of Kedusha of Shabbos. We are constantly exposed. We're being bombarded with all the messages of Tumah, of Shmutz, of a world, the world that's away from Eloi Chaloretz Kivoidoi. And each time we come in contact, it lessens our resolve, it lessens our sense of revulsion, our sense of disgust. The first time you look at the Avoidazore, it's Shikutseyem Vigiluleyem. It's disgusting. The second time, it's only Eitz Voeven. The third time, it's Kesev Ezov You start noticing, oh, this thing has a chain, and that thing looks nice, and things that should really be repulsive to a yid, should be beneath the yid, start being noise chain by him. And sometimes we feel like we're under siege. We don't have nowhere to go to protect ourselves anymore. The, we invented Rish Chodesh Adar, the weeks before Purim, the Malbim in the beginning of Megillus Esther, it wasn't to Arich, it's not going to be Meirich, 
he describes, we talk about the riches and the, the excesses of, of Achashverosh and his party that he made, and he goes through many, many riots to show that Achashverosh was trying to create what's called a Malchus Mugbelas, a kingdom without boundaries. He explains there's two types of rulers. There's a ruler who's a ruler of the people, and he gets his power from the people, and he's governed too. He can't just take money out of the treasury, he can't just spend what he likes. Because he has Hakbalas. And then there's a Melech who has no Hakbalas. There's no boundaries. There's nothing to tell him what to do. And Achashverus was trying to affect such a level of kingship. And that's why even though he was an Eved and he wasn't really Roy to be a Melech. But if there's no Hakbalas and he could take the treasury and spend it whatever he wants. That was all part of the, the setting up the Seder of Achashverus' Malucha. Now we wonder, we know the Ness of Purim. Unbelievable Ness. We, set, we celebrate until this day. What is, why, why is it? So there was a plot. The plot never came, to, <coughs> never came into being. There were many people who wanted to destroy us. What is so extraordinary about the Ness of Purim that we celebrate it until this day? If we understand that Achashverosh, the Melech Achashverosh, wanted to create a Malucha without Hagbalas, we have to realize that if he represents through the Malchus of Tumah, and the Koyach of the Sitrachar, the Koyach of the Sotan, then was also a Koyach without Hagbalas. In other words, usually the Sitrachar is Kofuf to the Rotzen Hashem. But here, by Yosar HaMelech is Tabata, the Melech means the Rabbi Shalom, he took off his Tabas and he said, HaKesef Nosen Loch, Vo'omla Soizboi Katoiv Beinecho. Do as you please with them. And when Ra is given the power, unleashed, unchecked power to just spread out, <coughs> that's lahash That's That's ein There's no way we feel, there's no way to escape. We live in such a time, Rabbi. So we live in a time where the, the trefer shmutz of the welt is given free reign. We don't know where to run. We don't know how to protect our children. What are we supposed to do? When the most prominent people in the world are identified with Nivola. When the Sultan is told, do as you please and I'll let you get away with it. It's a Dora Mabel Mamish. But if a Yid understands, Maloi Chala Oretz Kivoidoi. The Rabbeinu Shalom as Aleikayim Shalaino Soinezimo Hakadosh Baruch who hates immorality. He despises Nivale, despises all that this world stands for. And a person realizes that he taps into the Yisoid of Yiddishkeit. The Yisoid of Yiddishkeit is Kedushas Yisrael. When Yid went into Mulchama. It says, Every soldier had to carry with him a spike, a peg, where if he had to go out, if he had to, if, 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 if he had to, uh, if he had to be oisit he would dig a hole in the ground and he would be able to cover up in order that there shouldn't be ervas dova So you think about it, it's a pella. During the Mohammed Smiths, we know the halachas were they were able to be over Yisrael. You're able to eat trefis, cattle, the chazir, yayin nesach. The halachas of the Torah were suspended during the time of Muhammad when they were being kovish eretz Yisrael. But everybody was walking around with his peg. What? I'm allowed. He's allowed to go eat trefis. He's allowed to drink yayin nesach. But if he has to go out to be oisit srochov, he has to carry along with him a peg to cover up the seats of Because Rabbi Isai, Kedusha, Tzniyas, 
is the Yisoyed of Klaus on the Chavetz Chaim. Once by the Knesset Gedeil, there was a discussion, there was a machloikis about whether the, about the Mechitza, the height of the Mechitza. There was a, a machloikis. Lipschik Gedeilim wanted one way, and the Manit Chassidim wanted a different way. And they went to the Chavetz Chaim to ask him what he holds. And the Chavetz Chaim says, what's the worst thing that could happen to Klaus Yisrael? The worst thing that the Shechina should go away from us. All the Averis in the Torah doesn't say the Shechina leaves us. Only for one Averis. will leave us because the Abish doesn't want to be there with his ever, there with his Tumor. Any, any improvement that we could make in Kedusha, other Abba, we should be happy to do it. Why, is it, why does it be an argument about it? Other Abba, the Shechina is closer to us, the greater the level of Kedusha that there is. And that remains with Eid. I once had a Yid for Shabbos, a guest, a Yid from Russia, Tyre, Tyre Yid. He was telling us that in Russia, he was, um, he was a manager in a shoe factory. So how do you get to be a manager? Said, of course, the Jews had any managerial position they gave to the Jews. Only ones that you can trust to do it right. He said, but they knew you were openly a Jew? He says, no, but everybody knew who was Jewish. He said, how did you know who was Jewish? He says, somebody who didn't drink and didn't curse, everybody knew was a Yid. It doesn't mean Yidin didn't do that. But if somebody didn't do it, that was a sign he's a Yid. I heard from a businessman told me he once had to go out you know, to entertain his... Uh, he had to go meet with his, his, some of his bankers, who, you know, his loan officers, and together they spent a day on a ship, on a fishing boat. Vice president of banks, and they're sitting there, and he's a Yid, and a Yid, and they start taking out the drinks, and they're taking off their shirts, and they're talking the lowest profanity... Mamish Ekelhaftig doesn't know where to put himself. And he sees the president of the bank is still sitting there with his shirt, he's not touching a, a drink. And then he turns to him and he says, Ich bin Oichayid, he says in Yiddish. Isn't it disgusting? We all have within us HaKadosh Baruch who gave us an Akuda Pnimiyas that even when we don't realize there's an Ashama inside of us that's soiled, that's repulsed by the Tumah of the world. And that's our most potent weapon. Haman said, I'll give you the Molocha Seras Allah from Kika Kesab Eshkolaide Ginzea Molochal Eshke Oise Molochalohovi El Ginzea Melech. He wanted to get into the Ginzea Melech. We have every one of us has a treasure house, a hidden inner chamber, a Ginzea Melech that's untouched, that's on the Madrega that it was by Makabola Satoya and Asinai, that never had a Yerida. He wanted to get in there. The Melech said, Oh no. Hakesav Nosan Loch, Vaom Nasbaikatabra, there you're not gonna go. A Yid has to have that Nakuda Pnimius, which is the Nitzchias of Yisrael, that's why we're still around. If we wouldn't have that indestructible Nakuda, Ka Yisrael wouldn't have survived till today. And every Yid is walking around with this treasure. I remember once at the Kaisel, I saw Alababa Chachosid trying to convince somebody to put on film. This is a fellow from America. He, you could see the Gashmis over his face. He was laughing in the guy's face. He was not, leave me alone, and he was very persistent. He insisted, and the guy couldn't, he, he couldn't have been more obnoxious and more loudmouthed. Get away from me. Leave me alone. Finally, the guy pestered him so much, he agreed to put on tefillin. And he starts putting on the tefillin. I was standing by right here. As soon as the tefillin touched his arm, he started crying. He couldn't come to himself. It was a big, huge fellow, you know, that he was shaking back and forth with tears pouring out of his eyes. We all have that within us, and we should know. Taka, we live in a generation where the Sultan is told, 
But at the same time, what did the Melech tell Mordechai Tzadik? Va'atem kisvul alayehudim katoiv be'inecho. In such a time, in such a dora amabel, and it was the Mashiach, one who taka keeps his kedusha, one who remains within the space of Meloich Alaretz Kivoida, is kisvul alayehudim katoiv be'inecho. He can reach Madregis far, far above who he really is. If the koiches had tumah, a katoiv beinechem, so the koiches had kedusha, go that way too. We have to be ready to be makabel. We are ready to say, "I want to be better." I feel we're under attack. Other other but tell me, I want to improve. I want to. I want to become greater in kedusha. And that's the avtocha of av gamzois biyosim beeretz leveim lemaastim v'legaaltem lechaloisam. Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised us that no matter where we'll be, we'll always have that sense of what's true and what's proper, what's emes and what's nitzchias. No matter where we'll fall, we'll always have where to dig into ourselves deep and come back. We'll always be able to sense meloichal aretz kivoda. But we have to work if our nekuda of, of Nitzachin is from inside. So we have to focus on inside. We have to be marvin all the avoidus that are ben adam levein koinoi. A person has to put in the chiluk of asetoiv. Taka when nobody sees him. Taka when he's alone, how his midas are. Taka when he takes out a tilum just between him and the rabbi nesheloylam. This week we lost a great sagoyin and a tzaddik, Rav Nosson Horowitz Natsal, was nifted this week, and one of the Maspita was telling over, oh, he remember one of his children, I remembered waking up five in the morning, hearing his father going downstairs and making birchas atayir with such kavon, he was all alone talking to the rabbi Nishon, Asha Bochavon, Mikolaham, Venosalas. These avoiders, the avoiders when we're alone with the rabbi Nishon, these build up into ourselves, avoid of Kishmalamita, all the avoiders that build up in a person's sense. Of Meloi Cholaretz Kivoidoi. And then we can appreciate Kedusha. And when Kedusha means something to us, we'll enter into a world of Simcha, a world of satisfaction, a world of Eyei Brocha, a world of Brocha that's much better than the world we are now. We just can't sometimes realize, how can it be better? But when we reach that Mokim, when we enter that existence, We'll find a level of simcha of pekude Hashem Yisharem misamche leiv. They shall help him. Mishenichnas others marvin besimcha. We should be able to find the libri of simcha in our avodas Hashem, and we should improve upon ourselves and ask the rabbi Nishlan for siyata deshmaya as he elevates us meroimimos in each single step as the Heiliger Ramban gave us over in the short short words. But he was Megala to us, he revealed to us, Mamash, the Saidis of the Nefesh Yisrael. And as we go from Midah to Midah, and we go from level to level, working on ourselves, the Rabbeinah it's precious by him, every single bit of our mail as a person does, to try to lift himself up. Every Tfilah, he begs the Rabbeinah help me be better, as a Klau Hakel B'day Shemaim, Chutz Meirah Shemaim, Tzadikim said, every Tfilah, the Shemaim has a Koyach to say no. Hakel B'day Shemaim, Chutz Meirah Shemaim. If somebody asked the Rabbeinah help me with Yirah Shemaim, it's not the Koyach Shemaim to say no. If we want to be better, Hashem will shower us with Broch, He'll shower us with siyata d'shmaya until we zayicha to feel an emesis simcha and we zayicha to be makabel pnei mashiach tzedkenu the meherabi amenu amen.